Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Three step drop, close all the end zone. Hot ball, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. It's first and goal. That's picked off. That's picked off. And who else? Rondé Barber. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may ride to the Super Bowl with that one. We don't even keep score. We just run that up and leave. Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Throws up in the head. Hey, Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 29. He's Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. And there are the cannons coming. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. Joining the show today, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers cornerback drafted in the fourth round of the 2016 NFL Draft, Super Bowl 55 champion Ryan Smith joins the pod. Pleasure to have you on, Ryan. How are you doing today, man? Thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty good. I'm blessed. Bless the highly favorite. Always excited to get into your career with Tampa Bay and honestly excited to ask you about what may be next for you here to close out the pod. But let's get into it. Evan, I know you had wanted to kick things off and, and kind of ask about the draft process yeah. uh, for you getting into the league as a fourth round pick just a couple of weeks removed from the 2023 NFL draft, of course. Yeah, as as Rhett just mentioned, uh, you know the NFL draft was just recently, and a lot of newcomers uh, had their dreams come true. So obviously, you were you were a fourth round pick. Uh, what, what was that process like for you? What was you know, do you have any memories of draft day when you got that phone call, and uh, what was that like? Yeah, uh, first of all, it was like it was just pretty cool being drafted in general, and then you know going coming from a small school, um, it was definitely a dream come true. It was funny because I didn't really know if I would get drafted, you know, um, playing at uh, Central because it's really, it's really rare. Um, but when I got the opportunity and I started to get uh, more recognition and more teams interested in me, I uh, I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to get drafted. This is before the actual draft, of course. And, um, you know, some teams kind of amp, amp the process up as far as like, you know, what round you think I'll go or like the, the pick I'll go, what team I'll go to, you know? So I'm thinking like, all right, you know, shoot, I might go second, third round. Like, this is pretty cool. And um, I kind of jumped to conclusions and, you know, I had like a little draft party, had some friends over, you know, thinking I'll go second or third and it didn't happen. You know what I'm saying? So imagine like all these people here and then like my name didn't get called. Um, so the next day, you know, I woke up, I started praying. I was crying. And I was like, no, I'll tell you, tell you today. I got to go today. And um, that's when the Bucks called. And I remember running to the corner because I, I had my phone in my hand, literally like super tight. Like somebody has to call. And um, when I got the phone call, it was a number I didn't recognize. Like, I don't know who this is. So I ran to the corner. I was like, hello? It was Jason Light on the phone. And then I just started crying. I was in the corner. My mom, my, my uh, I had like three friends over. They was all behind me, recording me and everything. And uh, it was it was super dope, super uh, 
super surreal. And um, it was just a blessing to, just to get my, my name called. Yeah, and, and something that you don't hear talked about a lot is the pressure that that's got to put on you as a player, obviously looking to get drafted. And, and you know, you're hearing that, okay, second, third round, you know, get ready to be day two, kind of kind of be ready to go. And then the time comes and goes, and then it's it's just all uncertain. And, and you talked about kind of navigating those emotions. So I can imagine just how heavy that was for you. In yeah. 2016, it was your rookie season with Tampa Bay. And, uh, you know, you come into the league as a cornerback, wasn't slated to be number one or number two on the depth chart. So you, you carve out a role on special teams. And, and obviously some of these younger corners and secondary players that come in sometimes have to carve out a role on special teams. And, uh, you know, what a way to do that with the play that was made in 2016. One of my favorite Buck highlights of all time, man. Brian Anger punts it deep, playing the Saints in Tampa Bay. Josh Robinson in the end zone. Alan Cross is back there as well. And you basically grab the ball. Michael Jackson, smooth criminal dive your way into the end zone. Toss it right back to Alan Cross, who's there to make the save. Um, I mean, what was the bench like after after that play? That would be flying. That was a... That, that, was seven, like, that, that was seven years ago, man. It I, I thought about that today, and uh, it it definitely hit me hard. Jeez, <laughs> um, the bench was amp. The bench was definitely amp. Shoot, the the moment was amp. It was like that just happened, and like, and honestly, I didn't know. I knew where I was on the field, of course, but I didn't know what the ref was going to say. Like, he was going to say touchback, or he was going to say ball on the half yard line. Um. But the bench was definitely amped. I didn't know I was that low or that parallel, you know what I'm saying, to the ground. Uh, so when I seen the video, I was like, dang, I was, that's how I was. And it's funny because I'm always doing, like, tricks or just doing stupid stuff, playing around on the field. Like, I'd jump up for the ball, and I would, like, I'll throw it out of bounds, but I would go get it and keep my feet in bounds. So, like, when I did that, it was kind of like me just playing around. But it happened in the game. It was kind of cool. <laughs> but uh, it was it was it was a definitely a cool moment. Yeah, and then that was of course during a, a five game win streak for the team that year. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, and and the the entire team was was really gelling at that point. And and I think you know there was a lot of plays during that five game win streak. But it's crazy how you know one of the most memorable plays was that. And a lot of Bucks fans still look at that picture um, yeah. of of you kind of like you know you're you're sitting there almost completely sideways and uh, still still able to to pin the ball there. Yeah, that secondary yeah. that secondary made a ton of plays during that five game win streak. Back to back weeks, Keith Tandy calling the game with the ceiling interception. I, I mean, there was a lot going on that year as far as the secondary goes, but. You know, 2016, your rookie season, you make one hell of a play. I wanted to talk about 2017. So on September 24th, 2017, the Bucks played the Vikings. And I could be wrong here, but this was your first career start. Uh, Brent Grimes without, was out with an injury. So they let you know that week that you were going to be getting the start against Minnesota. Now, this was a young Bucks team at the time, so it didn't go well. 34-17, the final score. Um, but what were your emotions like? leading up to that game that week when did you find out you were going to be the starting corner for tampa bay and and how did you feel after that yeah i, I found out that week coming into well i think i kind of had a feeling what game was that what, what um that was the, the was second three. game because that's when the 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 you, you guys didn't have a bye week uh it was yeah the week one was canceled did we play the brown did we play the bears you played the Bears week one, and then week two was the Vikings. The second game was the Vikings. Okay, so I kind of, I kind of knew um, 
after the Bears game because the Bears game was I got thrown in there after Brent Grimes got hurt. And I was like, oh, shoot. I think I'm about to go, got to go in there. Because I wasn't, you know, I mean, honestly, when I was preparing for the game, I didn't think I was going to go on defense. You know, that is when I was just, they still had me, you know, special teams guy type thing. So when Brent Grimes got hurt, I'm like, oh, I think I'm up. And then they like, where I go? I like, okay, cool. So after that, I'm like, all right, I guess I'm starting next game if he can't play. So I was, you know, I was prepared. I was ready. Um, I definitely could have prepared a lot better. Um, I really did still at the time didn't know how to be a pro and prepare to play, you know, an NFL game on defense at least. Um, and then like this is nothing like central, you know, playing in the me act as the NFL. Um, so going out, I was very confident, you know, very confident in my ability, what I can go out there and do. Um, obviously didn't turn out that way. And uh when I actually when the game started, like before the game I was good. When the game started, I was like, whoa. I ain't gonna lie, I froze up. I froze up. Yeah, I froze up. <laughs> I, my body wasn't working together at all. You know, so it was like, all right, all right, you what you gonna do? Like after the game, you know, I look myself in the mirror. I'm like, yo, you can't be doing this. Like you're better than this. You know, uh, I had a lot of had a lot of negative DMs come my way after that game. <laughs> but it's part of the game, man. Um, people gonna be people. Fans gonna be fans, but I look myself in the mirror. It's like, yo, you got to tighten up. You know, you can't be out here nervous and stinking it up like that. So, so that was pretty. Uh, I had different, uh, different emotions that day. That 2017 Bucks team, if I'm not mistaken, they finished five and eleven that year. Uh, 2018 also finished five and eleven. So, yeah. you know, with that being said. You've played on Bucks teams that went five and eleven. You've played on one of the two Bucks teams in history that won a Super Bowl um, in you know just a three short year gap between those two teams. But I know that there's a lot of things that factor into what some would consider a good or bad NFL season, right? Because to the fans and to the players, the perspective of what a good or a bad season looks like is obviously much different. But you know, with everything that goes into it, based on your experience, what do you think the biggest difference was between, you know, those Bucks teams that really did not live up to expectations in that 2020 team that, you know, won the ultimate prize at the end of the year? Honestly, I feel like it wasn't that much of a difference. Um, coaching, it was some coaching, of course. Coaching changes have made a difference. And then we had Tom. We had Tom. At AB, at Lenny. But honestly, like before all that, we had the talent. We had the talent to go far. I guess I do, I will say it was a lot of coaching. In my opinion, um, the play calling wasn't that well. And when we added Tom, we added a game manager. You know what I'm saying? He was able to manage the game with the talent we already had on the outsides and everything. So I think once you add those little pieces, that's when it came together for real. Well, obviously. Dogs, like people was like, the Bucks sucking just down the third. I'm like, y'all sleep. Like we got dogs on there. Y'all tripping. It's just you know we couldn't. I mean, we couldn't really put it together on Sundays. But once we got a game manager in there, and then a couple uh, culture changes, and I think that's when everything turned around. Yeah, you know, and you sort of saw that. I mean, the team went seven and nine in 2019, and then the, the very next year, um, you know, they made the playoffs for the first time since 2007 and ended up winning the Super Bowl. So, uh, of course, you mentioned Tom Brady there. I feel like we have to ask this question. Uh, so, in March of 2020, 
Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty about who's going to be the Buccaneers quarterback. Are they going to bring back Jameis Winston? Are they going to go out and get a veteran? And they end up getting arguably, uh, in my mind, he is, uh, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, what was your reaction to, to that news that Tom Brady was going to be coming to Tampa Bay? Oh, yeah. Well, first, I want to say I, when I say we got a game manager, that's no knock to James. James is a great quarterback. That's my dog, too. So I just want to say that, put that on the record. But when we end up getting Tom, um, I'm not a starstruck person. You know, I just like, but it's, it is Tom Brady. Don't get me wrong. It's Tom Brady. Like, yeah, we got to get Tom. And add him with, like I said, with the weapons we have. Um, it was just like, yo, this, this might be a great year. You know, uh, the coaches, Tom. Then you added extra pieces, like Leonard. You added um, Sue. Wow. We, had, we had, uh um, AB, like, he was mm-hmm. like, yo, we got some pieces for, like, for real. You know, and it's because we lost that first game to the Saints. Yeah. And it was like, yo, deja vu. Like, come on, man. It can't be doing this. Like, if we going to anything, we got to blow these dudes out, you know. Uh, and that didn't happen, but you can – the leadership kicked in. There's a lot of leadership on my team, too, that um, that we didn't lack leadership. It was just – I guess we added more, like I said, more pieces to it, just made – that season a lot better. So obviously the Super Bowl run, uh, you guys have to go on the road uh, to face some tough opponents. And you 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 talked about the Saints there, right? And you went to New Orleans week one. You lost that game. You've had trouble beating the Saints. Uh, the Bucks for years have had trouble beating the Saints. Now you play them in the playoffs in mm-hmm. Drew Brees' last game. What was that like for the team? And also, you know, remember, the Saints embarrassed the Bucks on on Sunday Night Football that year in Tampa as well. Uh, what yeah. was that like going into New Orleans and beating that team finally? We took that game personal. You know, like, the Saints was just a personal game. You know, it was different than any other game we played, really. Um, so to to lose the first two regular season games and then go in there in the playoffs and, and spank them, it was – it was it wasn't surreal. It, the emotion we had was just amazing. I mean, I remember – I was standing next to Coach Bowles. I just looked at him. I just gave him a hug. Like, yeah, like we just like it was crazy. It was like, yeah, we won. Like, we 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 did it. You know, we kicked him out of here. We got him out of here. Um, it was like this weight we, off of your shoulders, like a like a feeling of relief. It was because you, if you go, I mean, you go into a game. The fans know y'all know like like damn, we lost the first two. You know, what I'm saying I don't know how's it gonna go, but playoffs different. The atmosphere different. The the intensity is different. Everything's different, and you have to actually beat it in Philly. It's not just another game. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. It was it was a great feeling. It was a great feeling. Now, when you look at that 2020 Super Bowl run, you know, are there any moments, whether regular season, postseason, obviously winning the whole damn thing at the end of it? Um, is there anything about that season that stuck out to you the most, or or maybe anything that you would say is your favorite memory from that year? Um, nothing really stuck out the most. I just like how we overcame adversity when we was um some games we'll lose. Like we lost to the Saints, we lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Rams lost the Chiefs and Rams back to back actually right before the bye week, and then we came back and we got seven game win streak. Yeah, like that, that was dope. That was really dope. My uh, my. Brain, I mean, I mean, also having to deal with COVID. I mean, around the league, having to to be smart about that. So that's a lot of adversity going mm-hmm. on. That you know what I'm saying. So, um, that was that was really dope. And then my probably my memorable moment, memorable moment was when played the Redskins. Probably it was kind of funny though when the. Uh, the punt, the ball must hit me on that on that punt, and I had to like just get out the way. I didn't know it was behind mm-hmm. 
that was pretty that was pretty funny actually. Me and Jay Mix on the sideline laughing after that play. <laughs> <laughs> my bed around my bed. I say, how you good? We could get the ball back. <laughs> So before we talk about what's next for you in your career at this point, I wanted to get your thoughts on this Bucks team coming up. First and foremost, you know, you've been around this team the last couple of seasons, spent some time on the practice squad. What are your current thoughts on this corner room for Tampa Bay? You know, seemingly found their number one and their number two corner, which is something that this secondary really, I don't think has had in a very, very long time. I, I mean, I cannot remember the last starting duo of Bucks corners that, you know, were on long-term contracts and, and management was obviously had a lot of faith in them, uh, faith in them, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean being the two guys that I'm talking about. But, you know, with that group being what it is coming into this year, what do you make of it? Because the defense, you know, for a Bucks team that won the division last year, but did go eight and nine, uh, the defense was the anchor for this team for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really know everybody in there anymore because Sean gone. I know Dean and CD, of course, really close. Tony. Uh, after that, I really don't know. I know a couple guys. I was there on practice squad last year for a little bit. Um, but it's it's dope to to for for the Bucks to do that, and like you said, because they you haven't seen that in a long time. Um, but Dean and CD are some dogs. So, and then then they came from the same school too. So that's dope. Yeah. That's a that's, that's with them. Um. But yeah, I feel like a lot of people defense is gonna be good regardless. I feel like, uh, but it's a it's not the same. I I really not familiar with everybody like I used to be. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you know, you you speak about that defense. They they still have main mainstays. You know, like Shaq Barrett there. Uh, to try and Schwink is still there. Levante David, of course, is still there. And you played, you know, every year you with with them when when you were with Tampa, you played with Levante David. Just speak about you know his leadership and, and what type of leader he is and a, a player he is on and off the field. There, man, Tay is the most humblest dude I've ever met. I ever met like, and then how he acts on the field as far as like uh like he a dog. Like, you know what I'm saying? He he loud. He vocal. You know, so he gonna tell you how it is. He gonna get in your face. He gonna he gonna motivate you. You know, if you got soft skin, you know what I'm saying you might not take his motivation. But he's that guy. And then when you go off the field, he quiet. You know what I'm saying? He's not flashy. He uh he's he's funny. He like to joke around. You know what I'm saying? He not he don't think he bigger than anybody. Man, he's so humble. Man, that's a he that's a great guy. That's a great guy to be around. Great guy to learn from. And he, I mean, like when I got to Tampa, he welcomed me with open arms. It was like it wasn't no, he's a vet. I'm a rookie. He's gonna, you know, do certain things and make me do. It like, wasn't nothing like that. It was, yo, let's get let's get this work. Let's get this money. What and was, so speaking of mainstays, real quick, I just want to mention one more because he just recently announced his retirement. Uh, Gerald McCoy, you played your first three seasons in the NFL with Gerald McCoy. Uh, you know, speak about him because a lot of people talked about how he was sort of almost like the same way as Levante, like not really a rah-rah guy, but, you know, he, he led by example. What was he like in the locker room there? Gerald's literally the same way that Tay is. Um, but you're right, he's not a rah-rah guy. He ain't the type going to get in your face and tell you he's going to quiet, he's going to work. He's like, a, he's like a silent killer, you know what I'm saying? Like, he must be, you're going to know he's there. You're gonna know he's there for sure. And both of them do do great work in the community. Like they really the same person. Seriously. Now I was gonna ask about Levante and and just his style of play on the field. You said he's more of a vocal leader now. Has he always been that way? I mean, at least while you were in Tampa when you came in in your younger years, was he a vocal guy on the field? Because I felt like, 
you know, you can only see so much on TV, but watching him, it didn't seem like he was, you know, kind of the raw, raw guy for a long time. It's when if things not going well or he's just having a great game, that's when you're going to hear his mouth. And sometimes I have a, he might, you know, he might not say nothing, but if Tay mad, he going to get in your face. He going to tell everybody, pick the shit, you know what I'm saying? Pick it up. You know what I'm saying? He not, he not going like that. Him and Quan, Quan the same way. Quan rah rah. Quan rah rah for sure. But Tay, yeah, Tay, you know, if he mad or things not going how it's supposed to go, or he just in his bag, you know what I'm saying? He going, you going to hear Tay. You going to hear Tay for sure. So I wanted to ask you in, in the next steps for you and your career here, currently an NFL free agent, um, is a return to the Bucks a possibility at this point? Oh, yeah. I don't even know. Um, I, right now I'm dealing with a suspension. I don't know if you guys know. Uh, I had, when I tore my knee with the Chargers, I uh, I was doing my rehab and I ended up, I was recommended to take some pills to help with my muscle around the knee. But those pills ended up being a banned substance I did not know. So I'm in a situation where, you know, I have to wait till my suspension is up to get back on the field. So I'm just out here staying in shape. Football not over with for me, though, at all. I have yeah. so much money. I feel like I'm 21 still. Um, but, yeah, that's what I'm just here uh, just trying to find, you know, who Ryan Smith is outside of football um, until I can get back on the field. Um, so, yeah, that's what's, that's what I'm dealing with right now. And obviously getting involved in a lot of stuff outside of football, that's that's all the more important once the playing career is over. But you started your own clothing brand? Yeah, I started a clothing brand. I have a sprinter business. So I'm just, you know, just trying to find out some entrepreneur stuff, I guess. Uh, I'll try some acting, um, some modeling. I like fashion. Yeah. See, so, yeah, I'm just here really trying to figure out what I want to do. You know, get my foot in the door so when I do retire, you know, I'm already, so it's like smooth sailing. I'm not trying to you know, pick, uh, find out what I want to do. Yeah. 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 So, so we talked about, um, just wanted to bring it back really quick because you mentioned your time with the chargers and it reminded me, you know, that, you know, after the Super Bowl season, you were actually a free agent for the first time in your career. Um, what was that process like? I mean, I'm always fascinated to hear from the player's side of things, what being a free agent is like, is it a little bit uneasy not knowing what your future holds there? Yeah, but um, for me personally, um, with the Bucks, you know, I didn't go to the NFL to, to be a special teams guy. You know, it just they, that just happened. You know, I embraced, it. I embraced it, and um, I felt like I felt like the Bucks. I didn't get many opportunities to make mistakes with the Bucks. So when I was a free agent, it was like, okay, we know he could play special teams, but why wasn't he playing corner? You know, so I don't know if that's going to be a knock on me going to free agency if a team would want me. You know what I'm saying? So I had a lot of different thoughts. I'm a thinker. So I had a lot of different thoughts going through my head. And, um, but it was, I knew I would get picked up. I just didn't know, like, when, where, and if they would try to lowball me. I'm like, oh, here we go. Okay, let's, let's see what happens. But, like, I'm a, I'm a strong believer in God. Like, I put him first and everything. So, you know, I just gave it to him. And I know I could ball like defense and special teams. So I, I, I so it kind of like I was on both. I was on, on the fence, like would a team knock me because I don't I don't play that much corner, or would a team want me because I can play corner and special teams? You get busted both worlds, you know. So I had a lot of thoughts going through my head during that process. How much are you talking to teams? Is it is it more so your agent, a representative, kind of doing that stuff for you, and then reporting back, or or do you get to have a lot of one on one time with you know these teams who are looking to bring you in? Oh yeah, so I guess like depending on who you are, I guess like teams can bring you in and you can actually do facility and things like that. But with my, my situation, 
it was just my agent talking to teams and they had get back to me to tell me like, you know, the money thing and who's more interested and the role you will probably end up playing, things like that. So I kind of weigh my options and the charges, um, they gave me the best option. I go lie. I love, I didn't want to leave the Chargers. Unfortunately, I tore my knee, so I didn't get signed back. But that they the they kept their word about what they said that where I was gonna play and where they want where they see me at. So it was it was really dope. Unfortunately, it came to an end because of my my injury. But I'll be back out there for sure. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're 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 hoping to see you back out there, and uh, obviously, you know, the Charters. Uh, I know this is a Bucks podcast, but I want to talk about Char- Charters. Obviously, have Justin Herbert now, so you were able to go against him in practice. You played with him. Uh, what type of quarterback is Herbert? I know he's one of the rising stars of this league, so a lot of people are going to want to hear about him. Man, he's a dog, man. He <laughs> first of all, he's huge. I ain't what I see was that huge at the time. <laughs> and then he's younger than me. I don't feel like I'm old. But I'm kind of old in the game, like in a way, in a way, right? So this guy's like what, 23, 24, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally younger, crazy. younger than me, man. <laughs> yo, I'm looking up to him, and I'm like, yo, this kid is so strong, so smart, like so down to earth. Like, yeah, he's a great person. And then when you when you meet people in the league who are down to earth people, it makes you want to play for them, like. He, your court, your starting quarterback isn't a dickhead. Is what I'm saying. Like right. you want, it's somebody to play for, somebody you want to be around, and we're gonna and help win. You know, so when you got teammates like that, I feel like that builds a stronger team. Even coaches, when you got coaches like that, you got coaches you want to play for. You really can't beat that team because everybody's playing for one another, not themselves. So the Chargers gave that vibe, coaches and players. Um, so it was it was really dope being up being over there. It was dope. I will say that. A lot of great things to be said about the Chargers as well, but. You know, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but do you have any preferred destinations? Nah, man. Uh, with me, um, like I said, I just, I just, I want to get back on the field. I don't care where it is. I don't care how cold the state is. Like, I want to be in the field, of course, but I, it has, like, I don't care. I just want to be back on the field. I thank God that I'm still here, still training, still trying to shake, you know what I'm saying? So I'll just be blessed to be on a football team and be able to show my talents again. Well, Ryan, we're always rooting for you here, man. We really appreciate you hanging out with us today on the pod. Before you go, uh, where can people find what you're up to now? I mean, where can they find you on social media, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff? Oh, yeah. I don't really be on Twitter like that, but my IG is everything for Deuce. It's, um, that's for my brother. But, yeah, find me everything for Deuce on, on IG. And then uh, Twitter, what's, I don't be on Twitter. TikTok, though. TikTok. <laughs> okay. I, that's when I'm out there being silly, just making like skits and stuff with videos. Yeah. Doing a bus co- podcast. I want to put out my condolences for Shaq and his family. Yeah. I've been praying for guys, you know, so I couldn't reach him. But, you know, if you listen to this, just want to say, man, I'm praying for your family, man. Just continue to keep God first in your life, man. Everything will be high. Absolutely, man. Former Tampa Bay Buccaneer Ryan Smith, thank you again for your time today. We really appreciate talking with you and uh, looking forward to seeing you back out there on the field, man. We're obviously always rooting for you over here, especially down here in Tampa Bay. The real ones who have seen this team, you know, since longer uh, than Tom Brady got here know about Ryan Smith and that play from back in the day, dude. I I mean, you know, you you talk to a lot of people who just started watching Bucs football in the last couple of years and, you know, they just don't know. They just don't know. They don't know. But uh, thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. You can follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Uh, Best place to 
follow the show for updates and of course Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at Evan NFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Reticus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. But that's the show, folks. Thank you again for listening this week. Thank you again to special guest Ryan Smith for stopping by. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. I'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.